we've had some hugely successful coaches here in the NPL up in Queensland. And that has sparked some pretty impressive rivalries to boot. However, there's no rivalry stronger than that between two brothers. And in this episode of the FQ podcast, I'm joined by Adam and Gray Piddick, two of the most successful coaches in the NPL Queensland era, both of whom having won premiership and championship doubles over the course of the last few seasons. Both of them now join me from the Gold Coast and Melbourne, respectively. Adam Gray, welcome to the FQ podcast. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having us. Hi, Simon. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for having us on. Good to be here. Uh, it's good to see you both. Um, two, two of the most, well, two members of the most successful family in um, MPL Queensland history, it has to be said. Only four ever double winners in terms of the championship and the premiership, and two of them have come from the same family. So um, it's, it's a pretty... Um, it's a pretty impressive statistic. For those who don't know, Gray and Adam are both brothers, obviously, both coaching the NPL system. Um, Gray is head coach of Gold Coast Knights here in Queensland. Adam used to be up here with Morton Bay, and now he's head of football at Port Melbourne down in Victoria. Um, the topic of this podcast is sibling rivalry. Um, uh, so we'll go all the way back to when you were kids. Um, I've got two brothers. Um, just as, a, as a, an aside, both of them infinitely more talented at football and indeed all sport than me. Um, and there was definitely a healthy respect between us, but there was a decent amount of rivalry as well. Um, what was it like growing up for the two of you together, obviously both excelling in football and, and both following in a career path that's pretty similar as well? Like, what, what was that rivalry like when you were kids? Yeah, look, it was pretty big. Um, Look, we're, we're uh, one of, or two of six children, so we grew up um, six kids. Uh, so there's, there's an older brother uh, as well who's, who I'm probably close, or I am closer in age with, uh, Daniel, the oldest. Um, he's only 18 months older and, and the difference between myself and Adam's four. So um, Adam probably got picked on a fair bit um, just because he, he was a bit younger. So we could, we could, um, myself and Daniel could, could gang up on him uh, until he, you know, until he got old enough to, to really uh, fight back in himself and, and hold his own. And, you know, that sort of changed a bit. But there were, you know, plenty of good battles in the backyard. We had a good backyard. That was a great thing about growing up where we did. So lots of football, uh, lots of cricket, you know, tennis, whatever it was, um, there was always plenty of competition and, and uh, you know, plenty of carnage as a result as well. That sound about right, Adam. Yeah, I think um, what Gray said was, you know, pretty pretty true. Um, obviously, yeah, Dan, our older brother, was you know probably the better athlete out of everyone. Um, so he really um, gave us some stick, whether it was cricket and, or, or football. And I just remember bowling for ages in the backyard for about six or seven hours, trying to get him out all the time. You know, I never got a bat. So, um, yeah, so, no, it was, it was all good times. It was always competitive and, um, you know, you always played to win whatever it was. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's probably brings a bit out of us now. And, um, yeah, it was good times. Were all of, your, all of the siblings into football equally or, or was it the three of you that, um, that, that, were, that, were, that were most keen on football? Yeah, it was majority of it was... Daniel Gray and myself, and then obviously uh, my two sisters. I think Jackie played a bit for our former club, Redlands, and our younger brother Bart started, but he um, 
found his way into into other sports like rugby union and that type of stuff. So um, so he was still sporty, um, just a different code and um, yeah, from there. So so was Redlands United where it started uh, for both of you in terms yeah. of your footballing education? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. For me, oh, I started the thing when I was six and played till I was about 21, 22 at Redlands. Um, and I was obviously growing up watching the seniors there every Saturday night. You'd go there and play your game um, at nine o'clock, whatever it is. And because my old man is life member there, so mum and dad used to work in the restaurant there and we hang around and we wouldn't leave, you know, till two o'clock in the morning after the first team. So, you know, that was our, or mine anyway, because um, I'm a bit younger than Gray and Dan, but that's, you know, my upbringing going, going through there. Yeah, it's pretty much the same for myself. Um, you know, I remember being there at a, at a real young age and, and uh, similar story to Adam. Um, went through all the juniors, um, played some senior football there, went away for a little bit and then, and then came back. Um, so, yeah, it's a big part of our whole family's life, um, not just us, but, but the other kids and, and mum and dad as well. And um, dad still lives not far from the ground, so it still you know, holds a, a big, you know, big place in all of our hearts, I think. Um, so, you know, whenever, uh, whenever we're, we're at Redlands and I was there earlier this year, um, we had a good victory that day, but it, it's always good to, to catch up with, with a whole bunch of people that I've known for, for a really long time. Yeah, you, neither of you had any hope, really, if you were in there from that early age and in, in, ingratiated in a club like that for so long. It was probably inevitable that you fell into football um, and, and have gone on the career path that you've gone on to. Um, Gray, you're, you're, you work in physiotherapy as well at the moment as well. So how do you juggle yeah. that with being a, an MPL coach <laughs> as well? Like it seems um, like it's pretty full on on both, both sides. Yeah, look, I, I guess I'm I'm extremely lucky that um, I've got a very understanding wife. Um, so you know, it's probably all. I mean, obviously, I've got a full time job in physio, and then football is is almost a full time job uh, as well at night. So um, you know, I'm I'm generally off early in the morning and don't get home till late uh, most days of the week, and then there's the weekend. So my wife is very understanding of that. Um, so that's fantastic, um, and you know it's just a matter of trying to to fit everything in, and you know because you you love it anyway. So you know even though it's a it's a job, it's something that you love doing. Uh, so from that point of view, it's it's worth putting the effort in. Um, always helps when you're winning, of course. Um, it's not as not as much fun if, if if things aren't going that well and and you're not winning. So uh, being uh, being at a club that's been quite successful the nights and then, you know, Palm Beach prior to that certainly helps. Um, you know, that, that family background and family values at the nights is great as well because my, my kids now, you know, my oldest is now plays in, at nights in the under nines. So that's, you know, for me, that's a real proud moment. You know, he's been long, you know, for the last couple of years wanting to put on a Knights jersey and, and play for the Knights. So that's, you know, that's been fantastic watching him run around in, in the under nines this year. Good-looking jerseys at night as well, just like the one behind you, Adam, um, in the clubhouse down down at Port Melbourne. Um, I have noticed that you're wearing a jumper. Me and Gray are both in t-shirts up here in sunny Queensland. Um, you obviously had success at Moreton Bay United uh, before heading down to Melbourne. Um, uh, how did that all come about? How how did you end up end up in this um, in this head of football role down down in down in Victoria? 
Uh, well, um, I originally um, sent because my my wife moved down down to Melbourne for work, so I was living up in Queensland while she was living in Melbourne for that last year that I was um, at Moreton Bay. Um, so, pre, no, actually, it, it was probably halfway during the second year. I think I'm pretty sure. So. During that time, I sent just my, um, you know, resume down to club saying, you know, potentially I may be interested if, if any opportunity comes up and didn't hear anything until the last season um, with about two to three games to go where Port Melbourne uh, contacted me. Um, so as to come down to, so through that interview process, um, I made the decision, you know, pretty much after our, our grand final that that's what's going to happen. Um, so I moved down there and uh, obviously as the head coach role um, you know to be honest I walked into to something that was pretty pretty on the way down to be honest um, but you know in saying that I was still in the top flight and we did really well it was a new board come in you know obviously a new coach who brought you know brought some new players in that would suit our system and you know we did really well uh, we made the Round of 32 FFA Cup, got beat by Apia, and we made the final series um, for the first time in the, in, in the club's history in the NPL. So, you know, it's a massive, it was a massive achievement. Uh, from then, they wanted me to, to do what I pretty much did in, at Moreton Bay, you know, try to have the whole, the whole um, football club going in one direction. So, so, as well as doing the first team, um, I'm part of they call the head of football, which is, you know, looking at our philosophy and the way that all the teams play uh, throughout the system. So, yeah. So to then it's, um, you know, second season's always tough when you come down and, you know, you know, uh, to be honest, we did okay uh, mid-table. And then obviously this year started off really well and we're in this situation now. But, um, you know, it's good down here. Like I said, yeah, it is cold. It's cold. It was cold today, to be honest. So... Um, I was out there doing a one-on-one before and, you know, the rain come and I'm like, no, I need to get out of this. So, but yeah, no, no, it's fun. It's challenging and, you know, just, it's, you know, making me grow, you know, every week that I'm, I'm here. So it's fantastic. Because at Morton Bay, you were in partnership with Dave Harris, right? He yes. Was sort yeah, of like yeah. um, doing a yeah, bit yeah, of so Dave, so Dave and I obviously did it with, you know, did it mutually. At the end of the day, I think, you know, you do it with, you know, with your coaching staff anyway. So, it's, you know, it's not about who's the head coach or whatever. It's about, you know, making the, the best staff you can to, to, you know, to make the best team you can. And what got you both into coaching? Because you've already mentioned that it was the whole playing side that, that obviously you were really involved in from the club perspective. Uh, is, was it just a natural progression after you finished playing? Well, I think I started earlier than Gray. I'll talk, yeah, I started earlier than Gray. I was 18, I think, 18 when I had my first coaching gig. So I was still playing oh, okay. um, at Redlands. Um, so from there, yeah, I just coached every year from then until I stopped playing and until I started to get real, you know, focused on, you know, with strikers where you couldn't really play probably wasn't good enough to play, but couldn't really play and coach at the same time at an under-20s level. Um, so, yeah, from there, and then got the opportunity at Morton Bay, which, you know, from there, it's worked out all right so far. <laughs> Gray, was that similar to yourself? 
Yeah, I, as Adam said, he he probably started. Well, he did start coaching a bit earlier than I did. Um, so I I was sort of more just focusing on on playing and and uh, university studies and, and things like that. And um, it was probably when I had a had a few injuries where you know, I missed whole seasons and things like that. Um, and then uh, I was away for the game for a, for a little bit, and then uh, and then. Came back into it when a uh, mate of mine asked me to to help uh, Nick Croydon asked me to help help uh, help him coach Logan, you know, to set up their senior program because previously they were just juniors and I was helping a bit in doing a little bit of junior coaching at Logan Home um, while I was still playing and and um, and then yeah, to, in, in the end I, I decided that I wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to coach, I was going to play as well, <laughs> but. Um, I got a good a few extra years of playing, but yeah, that's probably when. So yeah, late twenties is really when I started um, coaching, and and then um, you know I I was obviously playing and and involved uh, with the coaching at Logan when you know I was living on the Gold Coast and and uh, in Ballina at one stage, and I promised my wife that um, at the end of one season at Logan Home that I'd just you know stick to football on the Gold Coast. It was a bit closer. My son. Older son had just been born. He was about ten months old. So, yeah, I just um, I was going to still play, and and the NPL started. So I just contacted Palm Beach. Um, originally, I was actually going to uh, be the assistant coach and uh, coach a junior team at Western Pride. Actually, um, okay. first year of the NPL because potentially I was moving there for work. Um, in the end, that changed and stayed on the coast. So I just, you know, I contacted Palm Beach. They didn't know me from a bar of soap. Um, had no idea who I was. Was never involved in football on the Gold Coast. Um, and just said, look, you know, I want to continue coaching. What have you got? And they said, look, yeah, Gary French. Um, said, look, we've got, we've only got one team left. It's the under 15s. I said, yep, take it. And then sort of just went, you know, went from there. Within, you know, six weeks, I was coaching the under 20s. Um, and then that sort of put a, uh, a dent in my um, playing after that. And then uh, another sort of eight or ten weeks or halfway through that season, I was uh, coaching the first team. So, uh, so yeah, pretty grateful to particularly Gary French because, as I said, no one at, at Palm Beach has got a lot of history at that club uh, in the past and a lot of success. You know, no one knew me from a bar of soap, um, yet they gave me an opportunity. Um, and I remember uh, President Club President Peter Williamson, who's a polarising character, I guess, and he basically said, "Look, you come in and uh, steady the ship after the previous coach was, uh, you know, they parted ways." And he said, oh, "You got you got two two matches uh, to to show what you can do." Um, and you know, this is a team that only won one game all season, and I think that the first match was against Brisbane Strike. I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, so, but we managed to win a few games, and and yeah. So then they gave me the the full time gig after that, and, and kicked on to the next year. So, you know, really grateful to to Frenchie in particular, and and Willow and and Palm Beach for giving me a shot. Well, we'll move on to that then, because that next year was the 2014 NPL season when you won the league by seven points and then won the grand final as well. Um, the year before, as you said, it was a slightly difficult first year in that NPL, finished in ninth spot. I mean, that's, yeah. 
that's some turnaround. I mean, what was it that made that transition? How did you manage to get the guys down there to click together? Well, I think initially in, in 2013 was a bit of a clear out. Um, yeah, it was a bit of, I think it was just a bit of a mentality with some of the players who are good players on the Gold Coast, but the NPL was just that you know, next step up. Um, so a bit of a clear out and then, uh, and then really, you know, I brought a few players up from the under 20s. Um, and then, you know, I, you know, I was really lucky that I was able to, to, to bring in, you know, Christian Reese. Um, it was hugely important in, you know, steadying the ship at the back um, and a couple of other players that he played the year before and so he's standing with, with uh, you know, the good young guys. Um, you know, there's probably, of the regular team that year, you know, there was five or six that were still teenagers when we won that competition um, and uh, they sort of gelled really well with, you know, with Christian and Justin and Troy, some of the more experienced players um, and everything just worked well. Um, we got off to a, a flying start um, and, you know, they just never looked back. Um, and the experience of, you know, particularly Christian. And then uh, Carl Dodd, we had a few injuries. Carl Dodd came in sort of halfway through the year and helped us as well. And, and you know, because I'm still, I was still very much learning as a coach. Um, and those boys really, you know, you know, carried the team through and you know, the importance of, of uh you know, making sure you make the most of, of your opportunities and, and finishing with a, you know, with the bottom the ground. Um, that team, obviously. Um, I remember watching at the start of this pandemic, they showed uh, some footage and I went back and watched some footage of the old beach Olympic final. Um, and, you know, some of the names in that Olympic team that day, you know, saying, how, how do we, you know, how do we actually you know, beat these guys. And, um, you know, I think it was just, you know, the real makings of just a really good team. Everyone worked for each other and, you know, a few star players and we had breakout years. Chris Lucas scored 35 goals that year. Um, so um, it always gives you a chance when you're scoring that many goals. Yeah, and Chris Lucas is just one of the names in that side that's, that's still obviously um, very involved in the game. Jared Kyle, another one player who you've you've had a lot of, time with over the course of your yeah. coaching career. Um, yeah, so there's you... a few of those guys that certainly hung around. Um, Jared, yeah, I think, you know, with the Knights team that won the grand final last year, Jared, Jared was the only one who played in that grand final for Palm Beach. Um, Owen Murphy played for Palm Beach but was injured a lot last year, so so didn't feature much for us for Knights last year. Um, and on to, who's the other one? Roman Hoffman was part of our squad, uh, right. Palm Beach squad, for a few games in 2014 before he then went off to Newcastle Jets youth. So, um, so from that 2014 side at Palm Beach, yeah, there's still quite a running around um, for Troy. Oh, Daniel Dragosevich is another one. He's back with with myself at the Knights. So there's still a few running around playing. Quite a few players from that year then went down to, to Melbourne. Um, you know, we had a few at Bentley. Uh, Daniel Dragosevich ended up at Sydney United. Uh, Riley ended up in Melbourne. So the team got broken up last year um, before, you know, the, the bigger dollars and, and the, you know, the, the bright lights of Sydney and Melbourne took over. 
Um, but it was, you know, it was a fantastic year for the club. Of course, Christian Reeves now your sparring partner down on the coast as coach of um, Gold Coast United and Kyle Dodd. I mean, he was the um, he moved into international coaching, but possibly yeah, exactly. So, so a couple of coaches in there, Adam. Um, speaking of the bright lights of Melbourne, we'll start before then, though, because the 2015 season uh, was just one of the most incredible, close, possibly controversial um, title races in MPL Queensland history. Um, you're tied on points with strikers, two points better on goal difference, but there was a round that wasn't played, so the season finished early because of the atrocious weather that we had um, at that time. Um, and then you beat Strikers yes, again. I really think final. you should take that title off him, actually, as a result, <laughs> now that you mention that. <laughs> we won't put the asterisks on it, I promise. Um, <laughs> but um, an 88th minute winner as well in the grand final from Jordan Farina. And again, we talk about names in squads. I mean, that Morton Bayside's got, got several handy players in there. Um, it was just an epic season. Um, that was was that your first season as coach? Yeah, that was my first first season as um, coach. So I I was the twenties coach the year before, and um, and then obviously I was looking to uh, to move on and maybe be an assistant at Strikers. Um, and we had a good chat to to Largy, and you know they still had some good names on the books anyway. Um, and they obviously they were bringing Kevin Ahern Evans in and. I think they already had an assistant for him, so which is fair enough. Um, but then, you know, he he vouched for me. You know, when I went into to put my application into into the Morton Bay head job, and um, through him and Salvo and, and the board, I, I was lucky enough to to get that opportunity. Um, you know, it was a big probably a big gamble from them. Someone probably only twenty nine at the time. You know, coaching coaching your your first team squad, but yeah. Um, obviously, the season beforehand, it was, you know, for me, it was pretty basic. I didn't really want to go in and change too much because I think they were the highest scoring team in the league but still finished sixth or fifth or something, you know. So it's all about, you know, trying to keep that attacking flair but, you know, try to make everything else solid, you know, at the back. Um, and, you know, we were lucky enough to do that and we got off to a fantastic start. I think, you know, it was pre-season was, you know, very difficult and we played... You know, I think our first game was versus Olympic. So it was the team that obviously Gray beat and they, we played them in, the, in pre-season and they, they smashed us. And we're like, okay, first game of the season, you know. And during that week, you know, as coaches do, you do your analysis and we change systems, you know. And I think that worked. I think we were 2-0 up after four minutes. And that worked. And that really got the belief in, the, you know, the playing group. So from then, you know, they believed in the way we would do things and... And, you know, lucky for us, obviously, you know, when you have to win, when you win some, you know, you get a little bit of luck on the way. Um, but, yeah, you know, that was a fantastic year and a fantastic year for the club, you know, being a, a really, really young club, um, you know, coming up in, you know, and uh, lucky for us, we'll, you know, we're lucky enough to do the double. Yeah, it was only the third season. I mean, more than they born out of um, Ace Up there in, up there in, um, in Morton Bay there. So, yeah, like it was, it was an incredible season. Uh, then we'll move just aside from the NPL just for a second to talk about the FFA Cup. Yeah. Um, in that inaugural year, Grey, you took Palm Beach all the way to the course finals, knocked out by Central Coast. Yeah. Um, so that was part of your premiership year as well. 
um, and your, your double winning year as well. Again, just a, another fantastic string of results for the club. Yeah. What was that like in terms of um, for the club? And you know, the FFA Cup was new then, but I think even at that early stage, it had really captured the imagination of football fans trying to get that connection between old and new once again. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, we were at that sort of moment in time, we were just riding a wave. You know, we just thought we were, you know, we had a lot of success through the year of the league. We're out in front in the league, obviously qualified for the cup. Um, you know, we thought, you know, we can, we can, uh, we can beat anyone. Yeah, that that's the belief that we had at that moment in time. Um, you know, and the, the playing squad was was fully fit, which makes a difference in those you know important matches. Um, so you know, we rode that wave and uh, were able to to you know make our mark in the FFA Cup as well, which was great. Um, so you know, again, it put you know it's probably one of the reasons why the side broke up a bit afterwards is because, you know, it was on the national map. So, um, as I said, a lot of those players um, then moved on to, um, you know, greener pastures, I suppose, or, or the, the brighter lights of the, you know, Sydney and Melbourne financially because, you know, Palm Beach, although the club was well supported, you know, you're talking, you know, the wages that, that are on offer, particularly, you know, back then, um, you know, the what we spent... You know, to win the league that year, or you know, I would suggest maybe apart from Morton Bay the year after, will will never be repeated. Um, so you know, the boys just really you know play together and, and rode that wave um, and trying to uh, get as much out of the season as as possible, really. So, and I remember that you know first year of that FFA Cup that the schedule was different. So I remember we we um we played the round of 32 match in Sydney. We had to fly down to that to the the worst weather ever in a game. Um, luckily, it was on a synthetic pitch. Um, anytime there was a free kick or or a goal kick, the, the ball wouldn't stay still because it was so windy and wet. Um, right. But we managed to get through uh, and win that game. And then uh, I think the next game we had up... It was that verse, Sorry? It was that verse. Who'd you play then? First game was against Hakoa. Uh, Hakoa, Sydney City. So Lloyd Awusu and, and the crew down there... Um, Cosminas, um, so they were involved back then at Hakoa. Um, so we managed to uh, to knock them off, and then we got uh, the, the giant killers from uh, Springvale, South Springvale, um, and we had to play them midweek, smack in between um, the national final series. So we flew down to Newcastle to play. Can't remember who it was. Western Western Workers, the Newcastle champions. We won that game. Then had to come back a few days later, played the game against um, against South Springvale. Tight result, really. They they defended like crazy, and we got through one another Jack Boxall special. One got through one nil, and and then we had to go down and play Bonnie Rig in the national semis. And that was probably the first time that I saw some fatigue um, in the team. And I really, you know, really think we could have won won uh, that game and should have won that game and then maybe gone on and even and even won the whole thing. That's how that's how sort of everything seemed to be going together that year for us. Um, but unfortunately, we sort of just fell a bit short and I think, you know, the schedule affected us uh, a little bit in that sense um, and learned a lot of 
learn a lot from that, you know, playing midweek and travel and how we can combat that in the future. Um, I think it's definitely helped with teams that I've coached since then. Um, and we played the Mariners and we got thumped. Um, so that was a bit disappointing. But back then, as I said, the schedule was different. So we didn't play the Mariners until the middle of October. Um, mm. We hadn't played for a month. Um, and, of course, no one at the end of the season is really that interested in playing you in a friendly game or anything. You know, they're all they're all at Bali or on the beach somewhere. Um, so, you know, we got destroyed in, in the last, you know, 15 minutes and Matt Sim came off the bench and scored four goals. So... It was a disappointing way to end the season, um, but obviously we had you know, huge success that year, and you know that was fantastic. But you got um, you got there again, I guess. I'm around a 16 the following year. Um, again, it was Western Sydney Wanderers who knocked you out on that occasion, and then um, a year off, if you like, in 2016 and 2017, um, the quarterfinals again. Um, that was played at Seabus against um, South Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so- that was uh, probably another, yeah, it was a bit disappointing. Our two quarterfinal appearances there for Palm Beach and Gold Coast City. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, I think probably the, one of my proudest moments was probably the round of 32 victory against South Melbourne in 2015. Um, we, as I said, the, the team was was very different from 2014 to 2015 because of, uh, of losing a lot of, you know, important players. and. Um, we certainly weren't as strong a squad um, and, and even younger um, as a result. Um, and I think we finished fifth in, in the league or sixth in the league that season when, when Morton Bay won the comp. Um, but, yeah, we managed to, uh, to find the way uh, to, to beat South Melbourne, who are, you know, at, at that moment in time were very vocal on, on you know, their standing in football um, in Australia. Um, and it was their first time on on uh, the FFA Cup sort of national stage. So we, um, you know, realistically should never have won that game. We had a centre-back playing up front. You know, I remember Justin Mackay was suspended. We found out, you know, some uh, something from Football Queensland 24 hours before kickoff of the game that he was suspended. Um, so, yeah, we managed to hang in there and, and win on penalties. And, and that was, you know, a supremely proud moment, you know, to be able to knock them off. Um, unfortunately, in 2017, when I thought we were a much better team, <laughs> they managed to turn the tables and, and gave us a touch-up. I think I, I remember being at that game, and it was certainly it, it certainly looked like you were a tired team um, at that yeah, stage think, of the season. Yeah, we had a few injuries at the back end of 2017, um, important ones, just just at the wrong time. Um, you know, when, whenever you want to be really successful, having your best players on the park when it really matters, makes a difference. Um, and we had a lot of luck that year building into that. And then things kind of just fell away right at the right at the last, sort of right in the last month. A few injuries, a few players unavailable. Um, and, you know, when you're playing at the top sides, if you're missing one or two, you know, that can make a difference. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't the best way to finish that year. You know, we were, we were close to winning a title. Um, we fell away right at the end. Um, and then, you know, we still made the FFA Cup quarterfinals. But, you know, I felt at that point in time, no Queensland team had made the semis, of course. So I thought it was a good opportunity for us to, to do that, playing a, a non-A-League side. Um, and plus we'd beaten them in the past. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't to be that day. 
Yeah, I think I remember. It was it. It was the midweek after the semi-final. Is that right of, of the MPL Queensland? And I think Sam Smith had gone down injured. Yeah, in Sam Smith was injured. He, he tore his hamstring badly. Um, it was a few weeks after, I think. But okay. um, yeah, but uh, we were sort of broken um, because of the, you know, we played the the Moreton Bay round of sixteen cup game, which went to extra time. We'll get um, to that. And then three days later, had the the semi against against. Um, uh, Western Pride and and to be fair we we were we were broken after the Morton Bay game um, you know we had everything was on the line there in that game for us to get through um, and then uh, yeah it was real tough to back up against the Western Pride who were you know in red hot form at that moment in time and and you know they they took care of us you know, reasonably comfortably to be honest in the semi final I think Sam yeah Sam tore his hamstring in the first five minutes um, you know it's obviously you know, you do look at trying to monitor players and things like that, but, you know, when it's uh, an FFA Cup round of 16 game that goes to 120 minutes, your best players play, um, and then you just hope for the best in the semi-finals three days later. Um, you know, Jared Cole dislocated his shoulder uh, a few weeks earlier than that and bravely, you know, tried to play some matches um, to help out the team as best he could as well. Um, but obviously, it uh, wasn't quite the same to, to the Jared Cole prior to, to um, dislocating the shoulder. So it's just one of those things uh, that happens. Um, but, uh, you know, we had a fair bit of luck to get, to get through to that stage. So you've got to take that as well. It, it robbed us actually of getting a rematch of, of a brother derby in the final because, um, Adam, you, your Morton Bayside ended up playing Western Pride in that grand final. And that was after a short break. You beat Strikers in the, in the other semi-final. After that FA Cup, we'll talk about that FA Cup match, um, round a 16 match at Water Park in a couple of minutes. But how did you manage to get over the disappointment, I guess, of losing that match to then get your team back up to then make another grand final? Yeah, I think I think it was a time where we um, said to the group that you know we during the season we played away at Western Pride. I think it was about nine games to go in the league. And they absolutely destroyed us. I think they beat us 5-0 at their home ground. So then we, um, you know, we come back and we said to the group, said, well, it's, it's, it's that simple. We looked at our schedule, said we, we need to win the next eight games, you know, to, to have a chance of making the semis. And along the way, there's a cup, cup competition come in. And, um, you know, we, we, signed, uh, we signed, obviously, Geordie Thurtell around that time, um, which was a massive signing for us in goals. Um, and he, I wouldn't say he changed the whole perspective. He gave a lot of confidence to the boys, you know. Um, so, you know, from there, we, you know, we won all those games. I think, you know, last game of the season, we had to win to make the semis and strikers had to win to make the final. And we played um, Gold Coast City. And Gold Coast City had to win uh, to win the league. Was it Gold Coast City, correct? Yeah, yeah, Gold Coast yeah. City. And um, I think... You know, we we pretty much destroyed them that day. I think it was 4-0, 4-1. Yeah, three, maybe three. But you were 2-0 up after about seven or eight minutes. Yeah. Remember so, scored um, early and then I think then we passed the ball into our own net, basically. Yeah. Um, and you guys were, yeah, 2-0 up very early. Yeah, so that was good. Um, so th- we ended up getting in the semi. We thought exactly the same thing. You know, we, previous to the semi, we, we beat Broad Meadow at home in the round of 32. Um, we beat them in extra time as well. So we've done a lot of minutes, you know, and 
for the semi-final, the strikers after we got beat in the round of 16, you know, I, I changed my squad a little bit, you know, in terms of players. Obviously, the key players still played, but got players in, young players that, you know, that could work hard and, um, you know, apply themselves properly and probably waiting for the chance to go out and prove themselves. And that worked well, um, you know. So we, it was important that we had to get off to a good start, be strikers. And again, I think we were tuning up after 10 minutes, um, you know. So, and then that gave us something to hold on to. I think we end up winning 2-1 in that semi-final, um, 2-1 or 3-1. Um, and then, yeah, and then on, on to the grand final where, you know, it probably wasn't the best game spectacle, but they never are. And after going 1-0 down and getting ourselves back in with about two minutes to go and then um, Dylan Wenzel Hawks obviously scores a good free kick, um, you know, to win the game for him, which is, you know, pretty ironic because that's how... We won it a couple of seasons before, you know, leading all game, conceding a late one and scoring a free kick to win it at the end. So, um, but, you know, to be honest, Western Pride were probably the better team on the day. We just hung in there and, you know, did what we could. Um, but, yeah, you know, that's, it's always disappointing to, to lose a, a grand final. But we, if you have a look back at the whole season, if you look at the calibre, without any disrespect, look at the calibre of plays that we had in the squad. You know, that was, you know, a really, really good season for the boys. Just um, a couple of questions, actually, from that. You said you brought in a couple of youngsters to get into that semi-final. Is the fact that you've always had this role, or at Morton Bay and you have, have the role now as head of football, when you have that overview, do you find that easier to be able to bring players through? Because you're having to kind of be on top of everything in terms of personnel throughout the club anyway. Um, yeah, like, yeah, it is. Yeah, well, I think when you're at, at, at a club, as, at clubs as well, that, you know, have to rely a little bit more on, on bringing players through the ranks, um, you know, that makes it easier. Um, but, yeah, of course, you're always looking for, you know, that next, next player to come through. Um, Joey Chapman's for, for example. Um, Finn Beekhurst, you know, there's, you know, you can name name them, Declan Smith, all, all the, you know, there's heaps, there's heaps of them in that that come through that Morton Bay Bay era. Um, but yeah, and it's always it's also important to to play them when they're ready though as well, you know. So just because they're young doesn't mean they deserve to play. They have to be ready and and they've got to prove, you know, week in week out in training that you know that. First and foremost, they can be trusted and, and, and go out and do a job. So, you know, that, uh, they deserve their chances. The other question that came out of that, for me anyway, was obviously you're playing a team that has just beaten Gray's team. Are you talking to him about the way they set up? Are you, talking to, are you trying to get little, um, little hints about, about what you can do to perhaps negate some of their threats? Um, and yeah. How much conversation goes on in a season between you two when you're both in the same league? Because obviously... you. You know, yeah. brotherly love. You want to, you want the other to do yeah. well, but you don't want them to do yeah. too well, right? I think I think I blanked him uh, for a few days after um, after they uh, beat us last game of the season and, and cost us the potentially cost us the league title. Um, but then he probably blanked me uh, after the FFA Cup game. So because uh, that was only, they were only three days apart, those two games. So they were. Um, but yeah, look. Normally, we, you know, we we speak quite often, and uh, you know, I was there at the grand final watching um, when they won. And if uh, if you know, 
my team couldn't win, then yeah, obviously wanted wanted his team to win. Uh, so um, yeah, I think we we certainly try to help each other out as much as we can. Um, so I can't really remember to be honest, but I'm sure I would have given him some information. Um, but you know, again, you know, I know he would have he would have known uh, a, a lot of things anyway, of course, as well. Um, very similar. We're very similar that you know we we do a lot of. Uh, you know, we love football, so we do a lot of watching other matches as well, and and uh, keeping on top of the scene. And, you know, it's part of your job anyway. Um, if you want to be successful, uh, the more you know and the more information you got about players, uh, you know, the, the better chance you can you can have an impact as a coach to to help your team out. I think uh, one question that I asked him was because he said Dil- uh, Dylan's free kicks. Where does he take him? You know, which corner does he go? And he said the opposite corner. So. That's why he was getting over so far from the free yeah, kick. Well, he did, he did, uh, he did score. Uh, he did so score. He me up then, so. Yeah, going the other way, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the, mind you, I, I still think that free kick uh, should have gone to us and not to them, but that, that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, obviously, he was in red-hot form at that point in time, Dylan, and I don't think it mattered uh, which, which sort of corner he aimed for. He was going to hit it. There was, and I hate to say this, Adam, but there was a sense of inevitability. I remember when I was calling that game, when the free kick was given on the edge of the penalty area, I'm pretty sure um, that I just, I just remember thinking, oh, the way it's gone, I know you just got back, you yourselves had just got back into the game, but it just felt like it was going to, it was going to go in and, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm glad it wasn't just me who was feeling that. But it, no, to you know, be honest, I did, and I think I was yelling out at the top of my lungs because I I thought Geordie was too far over the other side. Um, you know, and, and credit to him, he he realised that as well after the fact. And to be honest, you know, without a caliber a goalkeeper caliber his of his caliber, we wouldn't have made it that far anyway. So you know, he was he was dirty, but you know, um, that's football, isn't it? You know, it's you know. I think in the round of 32, we brought Meadow, he saved the penalty. You know, we ended up winning the game. So that's how, you know, that's how football works. And, um, but yeah, it was, you know, I think it was like a love story, wasn't it? Uh, Western Pride winning, you know, winning the league. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously disappointing now to see where they're at. Um, but, you know, when you have success and, and that, players, you know, if you can't keep them, players do move on and, yeah, that's just the, the life of football, I suppose. It is. Um, you just mentioned the round of 32 FFA Cup game in 2017. We're obviously going to talk about the round of 16 match um, between the two of you. It was given quite a bit of um, media exposure for the two of you, I guess, in the build-up. I mean, the, um, the bromance of the cup, you know, like brotherly love. There were a lot of headlines, I remember. Um, and I remember the, um, the draw, the televised draw, where it, again... A certain sense of inevitability about um, the fact that you two were going to draw each other, and I'm sure the last thing you wanted to see was um, was each other's numbers coming up in that situation. Was that the case, or did you did you kind of want to play each other? On, no, on I that didn't stage? really want to play him. I, um, you know, because I think I went down to the Fox Sports. Gray couldn't go, um, and we got drawn together. And you know, um, Tara Rushton was obviously there, and at the time, you know, she's obviously. You know, looking the goods, and she asked a couple of questions, which I think I've started a bit. I was chewing chewing gum at the time when she asked me, and I almost swallowed it. Um, but yeah, no, it's a it's a 
you know, at the end of the day, I suppose it was a good thing because at least one of us were going to go into the quarterfinals. And then, you know, I keep I keep saying to to Gray these days, I said she just let us one we were always in better form going through. Um, so, um, but it, w- it wasn't to be that night, and you know, so but it's football. I mean, it was some night, Greg. Was, was that your memories of it as well? Like, you, you kind of, a bit of... Yeah, look, yeah, it certainly didn't want to, uh, to play him, um, and if it had a choice. Um, but then, sort of, once you get over that, you know, the other thing was, because we were still, at that moment in time, trying to win a league title. Um, the last thing we wanted to do was have to travel outside the state, because it makes it a lot tougher um, with your recovery. So... The fact that it was uh, a game in Queensland and, and you know, realistically is a winnable game. Um, so, you know, I think both of us, once we got over, we were playing each other and we went, all right, well, we know, you know, this is winnable for both of us. Um, probably the, the biggest sort of bit to it was, yeah, that, that we played each other in the league um, three days earlier and, and we needed to win to potentially win the title and, and they needed to win to make the finals. And, and you know, they gave us a touch-up. Um, that day um, and we yeah we sort of crumbled under a bit of the pressure I think um, and yeah, as I said they got out of the blocks and, and we never recovered so we had to find a way to quickly reverse that um, and we had to come back you know both games were at Morton Bay so we had to come back midweek obviously the memories are still there um, and you know we we had to uh, you know I was thinking oh geez here we go we, we bombed our chance to win the to win the premiership, um, and now now we've got to play a midweek cup game, um, and then we've got a semi final on the weekend. So it was a big week in the context of whether you have success or not success, and you know small little things can make a huge difference. So then uh, I thought I actually thought we were fantastic, and, and we should have won the game in normal time, and maybe had we have won the game in normal time, when we should have, it might have helped us in the semi final that weekend. Um, you know, I thought we played really well. We just, yeah, we just struggled to score goals at the back end of the season. Um, you know, it was a year when Sam Smith was leading goal scorer and Jared Kyle was very influential. Um, and teams often could deal with one of them, but found it hard to deal with both um, at the same time. So when uh, Jared was injured with his shoulder um, and it sort of broke up the momentum. Um, I think, you know, we, we found it hard to score goals after that. Um, so, yeah, we uh, we got through an extra time. Um, obviously, it took its toll and, and it was a great victory and a great memory. Um, you know, and uh, the lights going out uh, and, you know, at uh, at the start of extra time, I think, was it, Adam? Start of extra time, the lights go out? No, I think it was just a little bit either that or just before full time. Yeah, no, here I was thinking, oh, no, I do not want to have to come up here again. Um, that's the last thing I want to do um, because obviously it was a cup game. It had to be replayed quickly. Um, I was thinking, geez, we're going to have to replay this next week. So if we make the final, we're going to have to play midweek in a cup game. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, obviously the, the family were there watching, of course, as well. And... Um, and, yeah, it was one of those, yeah, it was a bittersweet victory. I'd obviously rather be on, on the team that won, of course. Um, but, you know, you know, we sat, yeah, we sat back down at once. So Adam sort of got over the disappointment of, of not winning, which is understandable. You know, we sat down in, in the club and had a couple of beers together and, and uh, 
and yeah, probably started our chat about how we were going to win semi-finals after that. Adam, you mentioned earlier on in the interview about how you got a touch-up by Olympic earlier on in your early on in your tenure as coach in pre-season, and then you turned that around when the season started proper. What's the fact that you won and won pretty comprehensively three 0 I think the score was, like you said, three four days before. Was that a hindrance? Like it, it's it's so it must be so difficult because I guess when you play each other with such regularity and of course you two know each other so well as you know as well like it, it, there must have just been you're probably is there an element of you're trying to overthink things you're trying to make you know you're trying to second guess yourself based on what Gray's doing or you're trying to second guess yourself because you know that Gray's going to set up slightly differently because of the 3-0 how confused does it create that confusion the fact that it was on the national stage as well and and with the floodlight failure of course everybody watched that finale when it was sam smith who scored the goal i think the winner in 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 extra time yeah well i think um you know prior to going back to the game beforehand um obviously we knew how you know gray's teams played and we knew the style of play and we i think what caught them unaware is was we you know traditionally we um my teams, you know, want to build up and play. And I think we played a little bit more direct. You know, we went two up top and played a bit more direct and asked, you know, the, the two big centre-backs to chase us pretty much. And, you know, that, that caught them by surprise, I suppose. And um, they were, the challenge was, do we go back to our 4-3-3 or do we throw the same at them again? And obviously, you know, they're, they're more aware of, you know, what we we're trying to trying to achieve and, and, and like Gray said, to be honest, the first 45 minutes, they probably should have been up 2-0. You know, again, Geordie, you know, we scrambled really well. Geordie made a couple of key saves. Um, but I think um, after half time, going into the later half of the game, I thought we were, we were pushing them back and pinning them back in. And I think um, I did see, who was your manager at the time, Gray? Um, might have been Geordie. Jordan, yeah. yeah, I think he ran around to where the light switch was. Said, <laughs> <laughs> "Fuck, we're in a bit of oh, sorry, uh, we're in a bit of problem here. I'm going to turn it off for a little bit." So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, So, so to be honest, I think you know, yeah, uh, Gold Coast City were you know were the better team, but I think going into the, the last 15 minutes, I, I really thought you know we could then go on and win this. And then once uh, the lights come in, I think it was about a 20, 25 minute break, um, you know, and obviously the whole, now the whole of Australia, are, you know, are watching the game because I don't think there's any other games on. So I went to, to Fox Sports and they showed it at the time. And um, yeah, they were obviously lucky enough to get a penalty um, and, and score. And I think we still had a little half chance after that. Yeah, um, I remember Steiny making making a good save late where uh, he just it was Matt Byrne himself, through, yeah. yeah. Um he made a good save right at the end. So yeah. it would have been interesting going into a uh going to a penalty shootout, but you know, uh, at the end of the day, they deserve to win that and um you know, all all, all credit goes to them. You moved down after after the yep. final of the NPL Queensland down to Victoria, like as you said, it was something that you that you had in your head anyway to do to follow your wife. Um, it, it seems to be a pretty well trodden path for a lot of 
players, and Gray's mentioned it a couple of times as well. Uh, what are the big differences? Um, you've coached in both in both competitions. What what are the big differences? And apart from the weather, obviously. <laughs> I, I think it's more cutthroat. More cutthroat um, in terms of you know your job. Um, if you don't perform, you know clubs will get rid of. Depends what club you're at. Huh? Depends, Depends what, what club, club you're at. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, that's um, that's the one. But it, I think the league down here is a lot older. You know, a lot older in terms of you know players, and they're a lot more. I wouldn't say professional. I'd say they're season hardened, and every game's you know you got to be you got to be ready to play every game. You know, otherwise you know yeah. If you're not ready, you, you get smashed. Um, you know, and it's in Queensland. There's a lot of it's a lot of the same. Each team uh, try to do the same type of thing. If you know what I mean, there's a lot of playing through midfield, playing out from the back. You know, getting the ball in the wide areas, whatever. But in in Melbourne, each team's different in the way they do things. You know, you got teams that go direct who are very very successful at doing it. You know, and have really really good players. You know, so when they do get the ball forward, they can hurt you. Um, we've got players, you know, teams like Bentley that will, will play and play through. And you have mixtures that rely on, on certain players and teams that really sit in and make it difficult. Um, so, you know, from, from what I... The difference from when I was coaching in, in Queensland to, to now in, in Melbourne, it's, I think you've got to be more tactically in-depth, in my opinion. Uh, but in saying that, the... The league's got so much better in Queensland, you know, since I've left. It's got, you know, so much better. Um, so without being in that environment, you know, it's, it, 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 it's hard to say. But, you know, there's definitely teams in, in, in Queensland that can come, that be successful down here. It's just being able to, to do it week in, week out. You say um, the league's has improved. And I think that's certainly yeah. been my experience having, having watched it, but some things remain the same. Gray, um, you got the grand final victory last year um, with Knights. Uh, it was a fantastic season. Um, when COVID ends and when we do get football back underway, um, I, I'm guessing that the main target is, is more of the same, but adding a premiership to it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, what. Well, we want to do and what, what the boys have set out at the start of the year is, is, is they want to improve on last year. So, you know, realistically that, you know, we only lost two games last year um, in the league and, and, you know, which is a fantastic season. Um, and, you know, that wasn't enough to win. So uh, it shows how good the team was at one. Um, you know, uh, Lions only lost two themselves, but uh, a couple of less draws. So, so, if you want to win the the premiership or the league title, you, know, you have to really be smack on and, and you just can't afford to drop points at all, um, realistically. You're going to have to go. If you, if you lose more than two games, you're, you're probably not going to, to, to win the premiership. Um, so, you know, we, we want to improve on that. Um, so we've had a good start to the year, absolutely. Um, we've played a couple of the the big rivals um, so far and, and won those matches, but you know, they've all been at home. Uh, so, so the challenge will be, and, and the games that we lost last year were, were two away games. We didn't, we didn't lose a game at home in the league. Um, so, you know, the challenge for us is definitely to, 
to make sure that we uh, obviously hit the ground running again. Uh, I'm sure everyone's in the same boat. They're, they're itching to get going. Um, but how are you going to cope with playing, you know, games in you know, likely a shorter space of time? Um, making sure, like Adam said, you're up for every game. Every point matters. Um, so that's a that's a, a big one for us to to improve on. Um, you know, we'd love to, and I'd love to to win to win the league um, as a coach and, and for this club as well. Um, you know, as a coach, uh, I finished second in the league uh, the last three times I've been in it. So you know, I'm, I'm a bit sick of that to be honest. <laughs> so so uh, it'd be nice to uh, to finish first. Um, and you know, I think uh, I think winning the grand final gave our players a lot of belief. So there's a lot of boys in there that had, hadn't won a, anything in senior football before, anything anything of note, uh, I would suggest, or NPL title. Um, so I think that, you know, going out there and, and winning that final really give them a lot of confidence as well for this year, um, confidence in how how they play um, and what we do as a team. And, and to be honest, uh, you know, apart from a couple of elder statesmen, the team is still extremely young. Um, and, and, you know, the individual players have improvement in themselves. Um, so, you know, I'm expecting even more from, you know, all the boys that are in the team. Uh, I think they've got more in them, uh, and as the confidence grows, that uh, they can play even better. So that's really, I think, the focus for us is, is to play better than last year. Um, can we score more goals? Can we concede less? Can we win more games than last year? And, and if we do that... You know, we're going to be right up there um, with a good opportunity at the end of the year. Because, again, I think, you know, the, the, the competition is, is strong. You've got four, five, six teams, I think, realistically, that are going to kind of challenge for that top four. Um, and, um, you know, you've seen teams already uh, sort of battling uh, better than than what you think, you know, that they would, would do. So, um, you know, Morton Bay is a prime example because, you know, they... They uh, got a draw against us and, and had a good result uh, against, I think, Brisbane Strikers. And, and they've had you know, a pretty good start after a, a year last year that wasn't as good. So, you know, uh, you know Gold Coast United, another one. Um, so you expect those teams to be pushing up. You know, obviously, Strikers, a bit of a slow start again this year, but I'm sure they'll, they'll get going after, you know, the success they had at the back end of last year. So... You know, and then you've got the, obviously the, the, the sides that were in the top four, they're, they're all going to be there again. They're all good teams and, and all well coached. So I think it's going to be a cracking year. we just just got to get out there on the park. Yeah, absolutely. And both of you, uh, just, I'll just only quickly brush over this before I ask you for the best players, for, you know, your best 11 players that you've coached in your career. You're both um, in, um, getting some personal development done in doing your pro license at the moment um, here in Australia, I understand. So that's obviously, uh, you know, that's a pretty big deal and, and speaks highly of your aspirations, both, uh, both personally as coaches. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think uh, it's been fantastic uh, doing that, that pro license. The calibre of people we're, we're on the course with is, is great. Um, nothing like any other coaching course or licence I've done before, which, which is good as well. Um, because yeah, yeah, we're certainly learning different things, different aspects, broad opinions uh, as well. So that's fantastic. Um, and I, you know, I think you know the caliber of the people. Um, you know, some really good 
friendships have come out of that already, um, which is great. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're certainly ambitious. You know, wouldn't be doing that course if you didn't want, didn't want to kick on and, and, you know, when the time is right or when the opportunity is there to, to kick on to something even, you know, even bigger and better, whether that's a, you know, a, an A-League gig somehow or whether that's a, a second division, if that starts up, um, you know, obviously the, the club where I'm at is, is highly ambitious in that regard um, or whether that's, you know, somewhere in Asia or something in that sense. Um, you know, uh, I think, you know, we definitely would love to take that opportunity to go to the next level. Um, yeah, to do that, you, you've got to do well where you're at um, as well. So the course has been great. We're nearly at the end now, um, just doing that, some of the assignments. So that's that's some of the, uh, probably the, the added bonus of a little bit of extra spare time um, is being able to spend a bit of time uh, on some of the tasks that, that need to be done. So uh, that's been great. And uh, I'll let Adam have his, have his say. He might have a, uh, a, a few extra things to add there. Yeah, well, as like, like Grace said, you know, the caliber of of coaches that are on on the course is second to none, and you know, and you have and you hear of of the type of coaches that you know didn't get selected or put forward to it, you know, um, you know, which which is quite humbling. Um, but yeah, it's like it's an opportunity, isn't it? You know, and I think I think it's like any you could probably call it young coaches. It's like any young player, you know. You, you want to succeed and you know this is at the moment we're doing everything that we can to when we do get our opportunity because I I really do believe you know if you're good enough you get you're going to get at least one chance and um, you know and if we're good enough our chance is going to come and it's just about being ready when that chance comes um, so you know I'm 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 happy where I am at the moment and um, you know but there's always areas you know where you can always improve on and you know that's what this course is it's like Grace says completely different you know it's nothing to do with on the park you know physical coaching it's about you know your leadership and the type of person and you are and the values that you know you bring into to your organisation or your playing group so you know that's it's something very very different for me. Um, but it's you know definitely something that that you know makes me even more hungry. Excellent, right? I appreciate it. I've taken up quite a lot of your time already, so I'm going to get you to get straight into your um in your, to your best 11s that you've played. Um, we'll start with you, Adam. Um, that, that you've um that you've coached or you've played with. Um, this so, is only for Queensland NPL, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Only yeah. Queensland, yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So it's obviously two goalkeepers, um, Luke Borian and Jordan Thurtell. Um, you know, both different, both very, very good goalkeepers. Um, Luke is, I think, I think Mooney's already picked Luke, hasn't he? Luke Borian. So I'll pick Turt. I'll pick Geordie. Um, cool. Because obviously, you know, we made the grand final with him. He made the FA Cup, you know, round of 16. He's a massive, massive, massive player that, you know, that we had to bring in to, to achieve that. So he, he, he's been given the nod. Um, nope. Left back, Ryota Nakauka. He was the first season. Um, then I was at Morton Bay um, with the two centre-backs, Alex Henderson and um, Scotty Stewart. Mm-hmm. And then I'll play Matt Byrne at right full-back. Okay. Um, my midfielders will be uh, Matt Capello as my holding midfielder with Alex Yanofsky and Stephen Green as yep. an 8 and 10. Um, obviously, up front, 
would be Royce Brownlee. Uh, on, yeah, I think he picks himself. Um, <laughs> left left wing will be Thomas Mendy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, another player with massive, you know, massive ability, you know, um, which is who's a person to coach. And this one's probably um, on the right is probably the player that I leave out. You would probably think, oh, why'd you leave him out? But I'm going to leave Geordie out. I'm going to leave Geordie out. I'm going to pick Joey Champners just through the talent, you know, that he is or was. Um, and then obviously a couple of the crucial goals. But yeah, Geordie's, you know, Geordie can play any of those front three anyway, you know, so it's good to have someone like him coming off the bench, I suppose. Yeah, it's a pretty strong team, Gray. What have you got to match that? Yeah, look, that's, that's hard to beat, isn't it? Um, obviously, most of those boys were part of that uh, success um, at Moreton Bay. And, yeah, um, you, if, you, if you've got that team every year, you, you're going uh, to go well. Um, so, obviously, for, for me, um, I've got a couple more MPL years to choose from, um, which probably makes it a little bit harder. I think I'm looking at some of these guys who I'm going to leave out and think I could be in a bit of strife here um, (laughs) when we start training soon. So, uh, so, yeah, and I think if you ask me in two more years, I I reckon it'll be different because I think there's some boys in my team right now that give them another year or two in this league will be absolute superstars. Yeah. You know, if if we can uh, treat them well and and get them going and get them on the park consistently. but yeah, based on sort of uh, so far, um, I've got Shane Vitikangas in goals. Um, he was in, in the team in 2014 mm-hmm. uh, and 2015, um, two good years. Uh, I've had some good goalkeepers, uh, Ryan Meskel as well, and, and obviously Josh up and coming as well. So in a few more years, he might be the one that takes over those boys. And Ryan's probably unlucky himself. I, I think in, in 2017, if Ryan Meskel doesn't go overseas um, to college, um, you know, in the back half of the year, um, we probably win that league. Um, he was fantastic in goals for us up until then. And I think we, we found a few ways, a few strange ways to, um, to concede goals in, in the back end of that year that pro- that cost us points. So it's a bit hard done by, but Shane, the big monster, um, you know, good on him. Uh, he's going well yeah. down in Melbourne as well. Um, the, the back line, there's, there's a number of players I can pick and there'll be some very good players I've left out as well. But uh, the back line I've picked is, is Jaden Walker at right back. Um, he's played with me for a few years and obviously still in the team now. And, and even this year, I've seen him you know, uh, grow as a player already, um, adding a little bit more on top of, uh, of uh, what, uh, what he's provided in the past. And the guy just never loses the ball. Uh, it's unbelievable. He just yeah, almost always makes the right decision and, and never loses the ball. So getting forward more as well, which is really what I want to see. And he's already scored a good goal this year. Um, yeah, it was a good goal. Centre-backs is, is, is a... I've had some very good ones, obviously. Um, but uh, look, I can't, I can't not pick Christian Reese. Um, you know, the rock at the back in that first year um, came in and... Uh, just or you know, he had a he had an eighteen year old right back next to him. He had at the start of the year, I think Marty was twenty years old, centre back next to him, and then the, the other the left back Owen Murphy was eighteen or seventeen, um, and obviously Shane was twenty, I think. 
So uh, very young back line and he just marshaled them and drove the, the team and drove the culture. So, um, you know, he has to be there. Um, and, and the other one um, is, uh, is Oscar Dillon. So obviously he's, he's had a, a big rise in the last few years and, and I've known the kid for, for a while. Um, and obviously to, to pick up an A-League contract off, off the back of last year and, you know, centre-backs, you know, another free kick in a grand final. Um, centre-back scoring a, the winning goal in the grand final. So he's got to be there. Um, you know, so it means, it means we leave Matt Smith out. I noticed um, that, yep. Yeah, so uh, I might just put him in the category that he that he didn't play enough games to be considered, yeah. maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, Christian and, and Oscar obviously need to be there as well. Um, and, and we've got to play a four-three-three shape, so we'll stick to that. Um, left back is Schmidt. Um, I think he's the best left back in the state. Uh, has been for a few years. Uh, definitely someone who. You know, he's been on the radar of some A-League clubs and he's not far off. And, you know, I think if he can have a, a big year this year and, and continue where he left off, um, you know, I think, uh, I think yeah, he's someone who can definitely, you know, go to the next level. Um, he might and, be a um, better chance if he comes to Melbourne to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he doesn't like the cold, mate. So, uh, yeah, mate. <laughs> Nice try. Nice try. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Look, uh, and then, yeah, this is where it gets tough for me. I've got truckload of midfielders, really. I've been lucky mm-hmm. at having some very good midfielders. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the midfield three, and I've even squeezed a midfielder in as a winger so I can fit them all in. Um, so, you know, I've gone, I could have, I've gone with Roman Hoffman as my holding midfielder. He's actually playing centre back for me at the moment. That's how good the guy is and versatile he is. Uh, he hates it, but uh, but he does it for the team. Yeah, that shows that he's really be building his leadership qualities now um, as well to be able to take that on and, and not miss a beat really at the moment. Um, but uh, I think as that holding midfielder, he's able to spread the play and fantastic at stopping counter attacks. Um, and, you know, his ability to pass is fantastic. So it really gets us going. Um, you know, and it was difficult to leave Troy Ruffin out. Um, had a soft spot for Troy. He's another fantastic player. But I think probably because he only played for me for one year and or one and a bit years, really. And, and uh, you know, I always try to get him back, but but he never never comes. So I'm going to have to leave him out because of that. Um, another one who's had a lot of success since 2014 down in Melbourne. Um, and two midfielders in front, uh, Justin Mackay. Um, you know, I think uh, he's been one of the best midfielders in the NPL ever since it's it's been uh, it started. Um, obviously, he's in, in well in the veteran status now, but still still lead, you know leading the way at Gold Coast United. Um, so you know he was fantastic in 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017 for me. Um, you know, and uh, and even. Uh, even gave up a year of MPL to come and play Gold Coast League, first year of the night. So I'll never, I'll never forget his, his work rate and effort. Um, and he's another great leader. So he's got to be got to be in that team. Um, and of course, Mitch Nichols, you know, he's, he's got to be there, obviously. He's the best player in the competition. Um, yep. And at times he, you know, does it in a canter. Um, but even, even now, uh, you know, he's showing some real 
real fantastic leadership qualities. You know, he's been around the blocks a long time, but he's still actually relatively young. Um, so, you know, and again, he's had to fill in in, in a deeper role this year while we've had a few injuries uh, to deal with. So, you know, he's shown, you know, and we all know how good a player he is. Yeah. Definitely- uh, yeah, unfortunately, means sort of Max Brown mixes out, misses out, but I think give Max Brown another two or three years and he's probably in the, you know, NPL dream team if he continues his form. Yeah, I think that's fair. No, Benny Lifton? Uh, yeah, well, well, Ben Lipton's in the squad, mate. Um, so we're going to play. We're going to play Ben Lipton uh, as a as a as a winger. Um, he likes to drift anyway, Benny. So we'll play him out on the left, and Schmidt will just bomb up and down the line anyway. So Benny will, will drift into midfield. Um, yeah, there's no way you can't pick Ben. You know, he was Player of the Year. Um, got an A League contract out of it. Uh, um, 2016 for Wellington after. Uh, being at uh, Gold Coast City and, you know, to be the leading goal scorer in the comp as a midfielder that year shows, you know, what good a season he had. So, so we've got to have him in the squad. Uh, again, you know, a little bit of an adjustment in how we might sort of set up. But, yeah, you've got to have him in that squad um, linking up um, with, with, you know, with Justin and Mitch and Troy and Smitty bombing on. You know, that's an area where I think he'll cause real havoc. Um, great character too, Ben Lipton. Um, bit unusual at times, but yeah, you know, uh, plenty of mates and everyone loves him. Awesome. Up front. So he's one of our sort of front three, but he's kind of drifts into midfield, Ben, really. And and again, I'm going to leave some very good players out, but uh, you've got to have Chris Lucas, of course. Um, you know, he scored a bag load of goals uh, for me in 2014. Scored a lot, of, scored quite a few goals in 2013 in a team that wasn't that good. So it's a measure of, of his quality. Um, and obviously he's then gone on and scored a lot of goals in Melbourne and then when he was back at Olympic, did really well as well. Um, important goals as well. And the thing about Chris is he, he really works, uh, can press, can push, can win the ball from up top. So um, very good in the air for someone who's so little, has, a, has an unbelievable jump and you know, he scored head of goals, plenty of them, one in the grand final as well. So he's definitely there. Um, and, and the other one to round it all off is Sam Smith. So leading goal scorer in the comp in, in 2017 um, and obviously held up the, uh, the championship grand final trophy last year, year for Knights. So uh, um, he actually had a birthday yesterday. So happy birthday, Sam. Um, birthday. He, he turned 30. So he's getting to that veteran stage. But, you know, he's still going to, I'm sure he's still going to score goals for, for Gold Coast United once he gets back from that suspension that he got. Um, so I'm sure he'll be itching and ready to play whenever he's back. Uh, so that's my lineup. Means I've left a few out. Um, so can I give a couple of special mentions? Or <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll give you a Jared couple of special Kyle, mentions. He's won two grand finals. Um, I've already mentioned him. I want to give a special mention. Yeah, he played in one and a half of them, though. Well, that's right. That's, well, that's all he needed to play, yeah. <laughs> um, Nick Merkovic is another one who, if his business interests hadn't taken over, um, would probably be a star of the competition right now. Um, so, you know, he, he's someone who, you know, as a winger or attacker midfielder, um, he's unlucky not to be in the side, but it's probably a measure of the calibre of the others. Um, but if, if he was ever to... Uh, strap the boots on again, I'd, I'd have him back in a heartbeat. Um, great fella as well. Um, unfortunately, he's extremely successful in business, so that, that takes a lot of his time. 
Fantastic. Well, that's that's not a bad lineup. And yeah, be look, a- I'd, be, I'd be happy with that. As I said, any yeah. day you take that. Yeah. That's an A League lineup. That one. Yeah. Well, well, if they give us an A League, they give us an A League uh, team at some stage. Maybe we can you know, get those guys together. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't do too badly either. Although I think Christian Rees knees might not um, might not thank you for for sticking him back in uh, at, yeah. at present um, present um, fitness levels, I guess. But no, yeah. that's a very strong team. Of course, we're not probably going to be able to get the two of your teams up against each other. There is a way to find out which one of you two goes home as a winner tonight. Um, we've got a bit of a penalty shootout trivia competition. Um, so we've done this for all our previous ones and it's got quite competitive actually. Um, yeah, of course it is. You've got to win it. You know, so you know, I'm, I'm expecting this to get, um, get pretty tense. Um, have, you got a, have you got a tiebreaker question just in case? Yeah, 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 I sure do. Um, how are we going to do it is you're just going to shout your name um, and that'll be your buzzer. Yep. And then if you get it wrong, it gets thrown to the, to the other person. Okay, so nice easy one to start. What year was the NPL Queensland men's competition established? Adam. Adam? 2012. It's not 2012. Great. What am I doing? Yeah, 2013 was the first year of the NPL. 1-0. Yeah, I don't have to answer the question. I'll just let Adam answer first and get him wrong and then I'll just go for it. Take, take the risk. <laughs> right. Still in 2013, who won that inaugural men's premiership? Adam. Adam got there first. Olympic. It was Olympic. I think Gray won the grand final in the world's dodgiest pitch, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, that was that 20 the following year. Yeah, that was the following year. And we might no comment about the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um... Question four. Who did Australia beat in the Asia Cup final in 2015? Adam. Adam? South Korea. Well, South Korea. Is your buzzer working or what? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. It must be a delay. It must be something. There's always dodgy internet here at Carrara. That's what Mooney was blaming his, um, yeah. his, his um, defeat on. So there's precedent for that. He's on to something there, Mooney. <laughs> Right, 2017. What were the scores in the two MPL matches between Moreton Bay and Gold Coast City? Great. Well, we know they, they beat us 3 0 um, yep. last game of the season. Um, that's a good question what the other one was. I know it. So you I actually, think, I actually think it was a draw, 1 1. It was. It was. Which levels us up at two each. Um, what year was the FFA Cup established? Great. 2014. It was 2014. Great, inches ahead. Who did the Socceroos beat on penalties in the qualification playoff to qualify for the 2006 World Cup? Uruguay. Correct. Three all. Oh, this is a good one, this. In the 2014 season, who won the MPL Queensland Golden Boot? Great. 2014 was uh, Royce Brownlee was a Golden Boot. It was Royce Brownlee. scored 30, Unbelievable. Uh, 38, 30, yeah, 30-something yeah. goal. 
Chris Lucas scored 33 goals that year in the league and yeah, didn't get the golden boot. So Royce had an unbelievable year. Still on golden boots. Who was awarded that title? And who, sorry, who was awarded that title in 2017? Gray. Sam Gray. Smith. It was Sam Smith with a win. I wasn't involved then. I was, I. Yeah, 2017, yeah, you were. Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah, I'm still there. You made the grand final that year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, Gray, um, on, on your victory. Um, and thank oh, you geez. both for a really, really um, enjoyable conversation. Um, that, was, that was very, very entertaining, very revealing. And um, Adam, thanks for sticking around after your meeting down at the club. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thanks, uh, thanks for having us. Uh, it did really, really good. And yeah, hopefully you don't get too cold on the way home. Um, we'll, 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 we'll try and sort of empathise with you up here, won't we, Gray? In the, um... Yeah, well, I was talking to Adam on the phone today and, and he said that he, he ran to, to training because um, his car had to get fixed or whatever. There was a 12k run and I said, oh, don't forget you've got to run back home. And he said, nah, nah, too cold. I'm, I'm getting picked up. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough good effort to run in though yeah that's good going <laughs> good going you still getting those types of kilometers up Gray? oh look uh no chance um <laughs> this uh this sort of break is i've probably done i've done a fair bit of exercise i've done as much exercise in the last sort of five or six weeks than i've probably done in the last four or five years so that's been one real positive about a bit more time set aside to try and do it um, and I'm uh, going to try and keep it going. Uh, haven't touched a beer, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to touch a beer until we play another NPL game. Uh, so that sort of set myself a little challenge there to uh, just get myself back in the groove, uh, get you know, get myself going again. You know, very we all lead very busy lifestyle, so may have the opportunity to to reset, refocus, and and get cracking. Well, fingers crossed it won't be too long before yeah, you can have a, have a drink. <laughs> yeah, for everyone's sake, I guess. Um, Gray, Adam, thank you so much for joining me. Real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Simon. Appreciate it. It's been good fun. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Really, that was awesome. Best of luck and Cheers, see buddy. you around the traps. And best of luck in your season, Adam. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, mate. Bye. Thanks, Ad. See ya.